It's the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, live from Methuen Community Studios. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. Well, everybody, it is the last Sports Talk with Harrison Chase of the 2023 year, and boy, what a year was it, to say the least. And in what better fashion than finishing off this Monday, just like the majority of the other Mondays this year, or at least this football season, talking about yet another New England Patriot loss. This time to the Kansas City Chiefs, 27-17 to yesterday at 1 o'clock in Foxborough. Now, in all honesty, I do, I mean, 27 to 17 is a respectable game. You know, that's, that's not a blowout. So, you know, to lose by 10 points from the, def, you know, from the defending Super Bowl champions, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not too disappointed about that. I think anybody that thought the Patriots would have won that game, you know, was probably hoping for the Stars. So... You know, 27-17, to 17, respectable game, didn't get blown out. But one of the biggest things, you know, at least, you know, at this point, they're not going to the playoffs. It's all about next year. It's all about moving forward. It's all about the future for the Patriots, right? There's nothing that they can do about their situation now. It's all about moving on and how they can get better as a team and an organization. And... You know, the main problem, the main issue is the quarterback position. The Patriots need to find a quarterback. That is the number one thing. And quite frankly, if Bailey Zappi, the last three games that Bailey Zappi has played, if he played how he played in the first half, in the second half, I think the Patriots probably would have won two additional games. But instead, Bailey Zappi has been absolutely terrible in the second half of all three games. Last week against the Steelers, if anything, you know, the Patriots had a comfortable cushion of a lead and, you know, kind of laid back a little bit and barely won, barely squeezed out a win, but... You know, still got away with one. But still the difference between the Bailey Zappi first half and the Bailey Zappi second half is incredible. It's amazing how poorly he goes from the first half to the second half. It's unbelievable. I was listening to, um, you know, Sports Talk Radio today, and and I forget who was talking about it, but a lot of times, you know, my understanding of it is that in NFL games, probably even college, even high school, who knows, Pop Warner, I don't know, the quarterbacks and the coaches and the team, whatever, have a script that they stick to. And somebody made the comment today on Sports Talk Radio, or maybe it wasn't, maybe it was, you know, it could have been last night with, uh, with Phil Perry on NBC Sports uh, Boston. Somebody said, 
when Bailey Zappi is on script, like how it looks like in the first half, he looks good. He plays well. But the second he comes off script and they make changes to the game plan, he performs poorly. And he can't perform, quite frankly. And so I don't know if that's the story. I don't know if that's, you know, how it is. But I can get get behind that reasoning. Absolutely. Another big thing last week was the fact that the rumors are now picking up more than ever about Bill Belichick being gone, being done. And one of the lead people, uh, you know, to say that, hey, Belichick is done, is probably one of the Patriots' uh, best beat writers, somebody who, uh, you know, has connection to the organization. And that's Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. And so, you know, he says that, you know, he believes sources around the organization say that Bill Belichick is done after this year. Kind of like the decision has already been made, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, when one of these beat writers comes out, and I and I hope I'm I'm you know, introducing you the right way, Tommy Curran. But, you know, one of these beat writers comes out and says something like that, somebody who has intel, somebody who is close to the organization, says that. A lot of people, it's tough not to believe them. So, evidently, it's going to be interesting to see if this is true, if Tommy Curran is right, if this is it for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I will say this. I don't know how much of an offensive person Bill Belichick ever has been. But I can tell you one thing. He's always been a defensive guy, and he's always been a damn good defensive guy. And so, I don't... You know, yeah, I get it. The You know, the offense is in shambles. But the defense is still in pretty good shape. And, you know, just because the offense isn't good this year and the Patriots are 3-11 and and they've had a terrible year, is it, you know, for grounds of firing for a six-time Super Bowl winning coach making nine appearances between 2001 and 2018... I don't know. I would probably say no, to be quite honest with you. And I'd even go further to say to defend Belichick in the fact that, you know, it doesn't seem like from previous answers, you know, about picking Mac Jones, just going back to that quarterback debate, that it hasn't been, you know, it wasn't necessarily Bill Belichick's decision to draft Mac Jones, to take Mac Jones. Maybe Belichick wanted to go in another another direction. We all know 
whatever, five years ago, however long ago it was, when Tom Brady went crying to Robert Kraft, or, you know, so this story has been told, is that, you know, basically Tom Brady went crying to Robert Kraft about his job security because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was becoming a pretty good quarterback. And basically Kraft had, you know, had to tell Belichick to trade and get rid of uh, Garoppolo. And yet Garoppolo was the next up-and-coming quarterback here in New England. When Brady was ready to go, Garoppolo was ready to take over. He was a solid quarterback. He knew the offense. He knew the play calls. He was familiar with it. And yet they made Belichick get rid of him. And I think Belichick has a very sore taste for that. And so... Now, you know, this is, I don't know if you'd say twice, but, you know, you know, first instance is, you know, get rid of, you know, have to get rid of Garoppolo and then get rid of Brady and then pick Mac Jones. So now is it going to be, you know, Belichick's turn again to, to get a quarterback? And, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo getting benched uh, in Vegas. Is it the possi- Is there a possibility of Jimmy Garoppolo coming back here to New England? You know, could the Raiders release Garoppolo and the Patriots pick him up? And furthermore, is it possible that Josh McDaniels comes back? And does Josh McDaniels come back as an offensive coordinator? With Jimmy Garoppolo? Could Josh McDaniels come back as a head coach if if Bill Belichick's gone? I don't know. There's a lot of different scenarios that are open to talk about. And quite frankly, none of us none of us will know those answers until next season, until it is set. Until Robert Kraft comes out and says, you know, Belichick's the coach next year. Or this is Belichick's last year. We won't know. We won't know until we possibly see a resignation, you know, ceremony of some type or letter from Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization at the end of the year. You know, a lot of people are quick to say, yeah. Belichick's gone after this year. But like I've been saying, first of all, Belichick just signed a contract extension. So how is it that, you know, one week Belichick signs a contract extension and now, you know, nobody knows, you know, how many years it is. You know, is it one year, two, three, you know, nobody knows how long it is. It it eventually came out. Uh, from somebody, you know, from a beat reporter from the Patriots that basically said, you know, it's a two-year extension that includes this year and next year. I tr- I believe that. I can 110% get behind that. And quite frankly, if that's the deal, if Bill Belichick has one year left after this year and he'll only be coaching in 2024, and 2024 is his last year, as the New England Patriots head coach, I believe that. And to be honest with you, out of respect to Bill Belichick, I would let him 
finish out his contract, and I would let him coach if he wants in 2024 and come back next season. I would let him do that. He deserves that. He has earned the right to get that. You know, uh, Chris Curtis from 93.7 WEEI this morning said, you know, Bill Belichick deserves the right to, you know, to go out on his own terms and to say whether he wants to come back or not. And I agree with you. I couldn't agree with him more about that statement. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like I said, none of us will know what the future of this team is going to be like until the end of the season, until Robert Kraft comes out and says, yeah, Belichick's done, or, you know, we get something where Belichick announces his, you know, resignation or or what. And again, at the end of the day, you know, nobody ever knows the contracts or anything in the Patriots organization. So if, you know, Bill Belichick signed a one-year extension, okay, great. But nobody knows that. And somebody said it. They believe the only, you know, there's three people that truly know the situation inside the Patriots organization, how long, you know, Bill Belichick has left on his contract, et cetera, et cetera. And that's Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, and Bill Belichick. And I 110% agree with that, too. And I believe that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and how they move forward. And, you know, I I just, as far as the draft goes, I would really hate to see the Patriots draft a quarterback. Because we know how that went. They drafted Mac Jones a few, three years ago. And how is that working out for us? He's now benched. So the answer isn't in the draft. You know, in my opinion, you have to bring somebody in who's already been in the NFL, who already has NFL experience. Because the tough part about quarterbacks and and college football players, and quite frankly, any college sport athlete, is just because they are good at a sport in college does not mean they're going to be good at the sport at a professional level. I'll give you an example as far as basketball is concerned. Zion Williamson. I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for years. I said it before he went into the NBA that he will not be a good NBA player. He won't be a good professional basketball player. Look at football for an example. You know, one, we have an example right in front of us, Mac Jones. But even Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, you know, one of the most athletic people out there can play baseball, basketball, I'm sorry, basketball, you know, baseball and football, but just wasn't good enough to get it over that leap, make that leap, make that big jump. So it's, you know, in my opinion, I don't want to go into the draft and get somebody because you don't know if they're going to be good in professionals. It's a different game. It's a different world out there. That's why I much rather grab somebody who's out there already in the NFL. Now, you know, interesting scenario out there with the uh with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, everybody was 
pretty happy, even me, impressed with Josh Dobbs the first few weeks he played. And then he kind of plateaued, if you will. He kind of, you know, came out to to kind of show his colors. It wasn't, a you know, such a happy world, I guess, after the fact. So what do the Vikings do? You know, do the Vikings, you know, do they bring back Kirk Cousins? I believe Kirk Cousins, ha- Kirk Cousins has a, a contract year coming up, or this was his contract year, and he tore his Achilles. And so, tough to sign him back, right? You know, you have Zach Wilson out there for the Jets, backing up Aaron Rodgers, even though, you know, maybe he'll be able to learn more from Aaron Rodgers and the Jets hold on to him. I don't know. But I think at the very least, we're going to see a lot of quarterback changes in the NFL. Just based off of how many injuries there were. This year, with the amount of injuries in quarterbacks, allowed the backup quarterback, the third-string quarterback, to get that extra opportunity. And that is why, whether you play baseball, gymnastics, or football, or whatever sport you're in, and it's the best life lesson I can give any kid out there, always have the next man up mentality. Never go off the field crying because, you know, you hurt your ankle a little bit. Fight for it, because once you lose that spot, you lose it, and you might not get it back. And the perfect example of that is Tom Brady and, and and how he became Tom Brady. Next man up mentality. And this year in the NFL has been probably the most popular year of the next man up mentality. And the best example you can set for next up next man up mentality because there have been so many different players on so many different teams who have been injured, star players, quarterbacks, And the number two guys, they have to have the next man up mentality and take over. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the NFL next year. You know, as far as, you know, quarterbacks are concerned, other players. But like I said, I think I think just to wrap this NFL talk up real quick and Patriots. I don't want to see the Patriots go into the draft and draft a quarterback. What I do want them to what I do want to see them do is draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Cuz quite frankly, you don't have to be a great quarterback. You just have to throw it and get it to the guy. If you surround a quarterback with the weapons they need, let the other players do their job and they will. All right, that's uh, that's my opening take as far as football is concerned in the New England Patriots. Let's uh, stop off real quick on the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics uh, still in first place with a record of twenty and five. The Celtics have remained are still undefeated at home, and over the past week they've had four home games, not easy ones, but they won all four. They beat the Cavaliers 120 to 113 Tuesday night. Beat them again Thursday night 116 to 107. 
and then a tough series against the Orlando Magic Friday and Sunday back-to-back games. So two, and if you're paying attention there, those were two, four games, and, you know, half, you know, they were against the same teams, back-to-back games, which you don't really see in the in, in the NBA. So anyway, Celtics beat the Magic 128-111 to Friday night, and then they beat them again on Sunday afternoon, 114-97. to So now moving away from home and going out to the West, West Coast swing here, they'll play the Warriors tomorrow night at 10, the Kings on Wednesday night, Saturday afternoon they'll play the Clippers, and on Christmas Day they'll play the Lakers, before coming home again on Thursday the 28th and uh, playing the Pistons and the Raptors. And then they'll go back away. on new. They'll play New Year's Eve night at 7 o'clock against the Spurs. They'll play January 2nd against the Thunder. And then they'll host a single game uh, against the Utah Jazz on January 5th. And then the Pacers on January 6th. And actually, that's another back-to-back games right there. The Pacers and both games against the Pacers uh, in Indiana, January 6th and January 8th. So that's where the Celtics stand, you know, moving out uh, to the future-wise. Switching over to the the Bruins in their past week, uh, they beat the New Jersey Devils Wednesday night. Or I'm sorry, they lost to the New Jersey Devils Wednesday night in in overtime, two to one. They won Friday night against the Islanders, five to four, and they lost against the Rangers Saturday, two to one. So the Bees will play the Wild tomorrow night in Boston. They'll go play the Jets uh, on Friday. Saturday they'll play the Wild. Then they'll get a little Christmas break and they'll play. They'll go out to play Buffalo against the Sabres on Wednesday, December 27th, then host the Devils on the 30th, and play New Year's Eve at 5 o'clock against the Detroit Red Wings, uh, play the Red uh, Blue Jackets sorry, on January 2nd, back home against the Penguins for January 4th, at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning on January 6th, and then we'll play the Avalanche on January 8th. And as far as the Bruins are concerned, they're also still in first place of their division at a 19-5 and record. So they're still, you know, they're still still doing very good. And definitely want to give a quick shout-out to one of, uh, to the Bruins, you know, rookie, I guess, if, you know, you'd call him. Uh, Matt Poitras, he's going to be heading to World Juniors. So he'll be, you know, he's been... Put away, I, I guess, designated for assignment, they'll call it. And he'll play um, in the World Juniors. So congratulations, you know, to him. Big up-and-coming uh, star there. So it'll be interesting to see how the the Bruins are able to, you know, play without him and what that has to, you know, how that plays into their, um, you know, their game plan and stuff like that. And furthermore, when Poitras comes back and how the team is able to kind of mend back together, if you will. All right, 
25 minutes into the show, uh, I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to The Last Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios of 2023. Because it's the end of the year, I'll let you go ahead and call in on whatever you want. You can talk about something current. You can talk about uh, one of your you know, favorite stories uh, from the past year, one of the biggest news, you know, sports news stories over the past year. So feel free to call in, 978-301-6877. Go ahead and call in. Uh, Back to the Patriots, just starting off from, you know, where it was. And obviously just a, you know, another tough game yesterday, another loss. Pushing their record to three and eleven now, losing to the Chiefs twenty-seven to seventeen. So disappointing, obviously. And something that I'm kind of getting sick of is this whole Taylor Swift thing. There is no reason to show Taylor Swift on the television broadcast five or six times. It's just obnoxious. It's unnecessary. You don't need it. Go to her concert if you if you want to see her. I don't need to see her five times on the TV screen. I want to watch football, not Taylor Swift. Let's go to Ray from Methuen. Ray, what's going on? Harrison, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's a it's a, quite a buggy day out. Uh, lots of rain, losing power, heavy winds. Yeah, I was surprised that you're on, uh, seeing that, watching the uh, news broadcast the, uh, that have been they've been showing all these uh, power outages in in your area. So, I was very uh, pleased to see that you were, were going to be on today. Listen, I, I just want to uh, disagree with you uh, as far as your Belichick take. He does deserve uh, to come back, but with one one big uh, covenant that has to be put on him. They have to get an offensive-minded, or not, not, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say an offensive. I think, uh, I think uh, their offensive coordinator is uh, one of the best in, in the league, and I think he will show you that if he has the, the people – to uh, to basically play for him offensively, uh, so somebody has to they have to put somebody between Belichick and selection of the uh, of the players. They, he can't he can't have the responsibility of picking the players. So all right, so, so all right, so you want so first of all, I want I want to backtrack a little bit because I did say that Belichick deserves to come back. Yes, you did. <clears throat> so and, and, we're on the same page as far as that's concerned. And, correct. you know, I, I'm not opposed to the fact of you're basically, you know, trying to get at hiring a GM and letting Belichick keep his coaching position. Or would you ever go vice versa and have Belichick be the GM but not the coach? No. No, because uh, Belichick has proven uh that he cannot evaluate college talent. 
he, he's let too many of, of uh, these guys uh, slip by. How many how many players who are stars in the in the NFL have come on during Belichick's era, and Belichick had an opportunity to uh, to draft them, but he never did. And the person in a like position, and I like uh, say it was a, a cornerback or, or let's go let's go offensively wide receivers. He is horrible picking wide receivers. Horrible, but yet receivers who have been picked after he Belichick has had a pick are stars. They 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 run roughshod over the opposition, but Belichick has not been able to do that. And I don't think Belichick has a grasp of what has to be done. You know, he had Dante uh, Skarniecki as the the line coach for for years and years, and then. Skarniecki, he either left or he retired. He retired. And the line went, the line went uh, down the tubes. And they brought Skarniecki back, and he improved that that offensive line. Right now, and I know that they have all these uh, these injuries on the offensive line. So, are some of these guys that that are injured? Are they worthy of? Well, not worthy, but do they have staff power in the NFL? I don't know. We don't know because they're they're injured. So I think somebody who has a, a who is able to uh, look at talent at the college level and say this person would fit greatly in the Patriot system. I think that person has to be hired. And uh, as uh, Bill Parcells used to say, he used. He's the guy that has to go out there and buy the groceries for the team. And Belichick will have to live with uh, some of these uh, decisions that were made. That's all. Because I think Brian, uh, the offensive coordinator, Nader, I, I think he, he has talent. I think he knows what he's doing. He himself has, has the ability to uh, scheme a game. However, he has nobody out there that he can uh, he can get uh, who's who's capable of doing it. Look at all these uh, these uh, passes that are, that are made. They're they're made under ten yards, or ten yards would be the maximum. You yeah. need somebody who can fly. Nope, I he can fly, and a quarterback who can get it to him. And right now, we don't know. I guess the feeling is that Mac Jones cannot. Cannot throw the long ball. He can't. Bailey I mean, Zappi if we're talking if we're talking about a, about a, about an arm, it's Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones, and yes. you, you know you can just see the you can just see the velocity of the football come out of Bailey Zappi's uh, hand. It, it's so much. It's it's so much of a tighter spiral, and it's just a nicer pass. He's able to you know get you know just get it to the player quickly and. He's good. It's you know, like I said in the beginning, right? If Bailey Zappi played like he did in the first half, in all the second halves of the last three games, they would have won all of these last three games. But he hasn't. For some reason, something happens from from the first half to the second half that significantly affects Bailey Zappi's game. I don't know what it is. You know, like I like I said, I think it could have been. Uh, 
I don't know. You know, I I heard I heard I think it was either it was either on Sports Talk Radio today or last night Phil Perry said it on NBC Sports Boston and it was that you know all these teams all these you know whatever you know whatever it is they all have a script and somebody said it's it's you know when Bailey Zappi sticks to the script he's a great quarterback but when he doesn't well, stick to the script that's when things get iffy and it would make well, and that makes sense you have a script you have a script going into the first into the into the beginning of the game and then going into the second half you have halftime and you're going to rearrange that script and make changes and you know maybe it's things that you've been practicing all week that now you've changed and maybe he is just not that good of a quarterback to be able to make those changes under the gun at halftime well i guess we're not going to know well we have what three more games to uh, to determine that yeah, three, three, three more games and and three more, three more competitive games. They have the Broncos, they have the Bills, and they have the Jets. So absolutely, they're not the these. Did yesterday, yesterday to the Cowboys, they right. annihilated them up there in Buffalo, yep. and uh, uh, that game is going to be in Buffalo, I believe. Isn't it, it is. Yep, it's in Buffalo. It is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, actually, they only have one more home game, and that's. Uh, the Jets on January seventh. The Jets. Yep. Right, right. So they're away for the next two weeks. So it's it's. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Jets. Right now, uh, the Jets have really nothing to. Uh, yeah, nothing but to, to yeah, play but you, for. but you know what, Ray? Aaron Rodgers might be back for that game, and no, I am not. not I am not counting out Aaron Rodgers. He'd be crazy to come back to put it to put his career on the line. One one bad tackle of him, and he can be gone for for forever. And but that's York his. Jets, that is his. You know that that's that's the chance that Rodgers wants to take. I think Aaron Rodgers has too much of an ego that he wants to prove that he is able to come back from a tour Achilles in record timing. And if he doesn't come back, it's considered a failure to him. So I think I, he's going to do it for himself and not anybody else. I think a lot of this is just uh, theatrics that uh, he has concocted up. The Jets have to privately, uh, within their, their front office, be, be saying, this kid, we're not going to allow this kid to come back or this guy to come back. We can't. We've invested too much money in him. We've already lost a year of that money by his injury. We are not going to risk for one game just so his ego can be satisfied. If that's what you think, they they can't risk that. There's too much money on the line. That that it's just common sense. And it's common sense to get getting back to the Patriots. They need somebody who can evaluate college talent, who can come about, about and say, this guy can play in the NFL, and we can scheme things to make him a an A number one player in the NFL. Uh, you know, you can't continue right now 
and and the Patriots are limited in their their offensive schemes. All they're simply doing is throwing those uh, quick slants and uh, under ten yards, and and the defense knows it. Any and you don't have to be a smart defensive coordinator to know how to uh, scheme against it. And, and the Patriots have have not been able to. But once they go through their, as you say, their uh, script. Defensive coordinators know what they're doing, and they and then they uh, they stop them, they stop them, and that's where where you're getting the defense, the, the Patriots' defense. They're out there more than they should be. They're not able to get uh, a big uh, rest with the offense out there because it's it's a lot of three and outs. Maybe it's a lot of five and outs. You don't know. You know, so it's 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 something that uh, the Patriots have to come come to grips with, whether or not the Bel- uh, not Belichick, but the uh, the Kraft boys uh, realize this. I don't know. And by the way, if you watched uh, watched the uh, Fox uh, broadcast yesterday, Belichick's new wife got more airtime than uh, Taylor Swift. That's just to uh, you mean Robert. You mean Robert Kraft's new wife. Uh, yeah, crafts and wife. Yeah. All right, that's Ray. Ray, that's okay. that's where I'm gonna cut. That's where I'm gonna <laughs> cut you off when you start throwing the wives in there, because who knows where we're gonna go next. But listen, I had a great well, twenty. Well, I had a great year. I had a great year of 2023 with you, Ray. Thank you for all your calls and your support, and happy holidays. Hey, happy Merry Christmas to you, and a happy and healthy New Year. Thanks, Ray. All right, there's Ray from Methuen for you with a few takes uh, on the New England Patriots. Go ahead and call in. A little more than 20 minutes left to go here on the show. 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. So obviously part of the... Part of the, you know, one of the things that went into yesterday's game between the Patriots and the Chiefs was that the game got flexed out of Monday night football. And so now the game tonight on Monday night football is going to be between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's very rare that I will put in picks, you know, for the games and things. But I'm going to do it. And the way that I was making my sports bets uh, this past weekend was all of the teams that were 10-3, and I actually picked them to lose. And so that means the Eagles are one of those 10-3 and teams. And I believe they are going to lose tonight against the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles are favored by four away against the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks plus four. And I think I might go out on another limb under 45 and a half. I think we're going to go under 45 and a half on that. So Eagles plus four under 45 and a half. I mean, I'm sorry. Seahawks plus four under 45 and a half. Jalen Hurts is not healthy by any standards mentally, or not mentally, but I guess 
physically he's not he's not healthy. He's he's injured. And then health-wise, he's he has a flu-like symptoms or whatever. However, he's going to still try and give it a go tonight. So I have the Seahawks beating the Eagles. I like the Seahawks getting four, four at home, under 45 and a half. Let's do it, all right? Let's do it. So there you have it. There you have it for me, all right? Now, just looking, uh, you know, looking ahead here uh, for the Patriots, Patriots schedule. You have the Broncos, the Bills, and the Jets. Let's go to our New York Giants fan, Robbie. Robbie, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Going good. Uh, not that good of a game from Tommy Cutlets yesterday. Yeah, I think uh, I think the magic, a little bit of the magic, might have uh, worn off there uh, at the end. But hey, a uh, good few weeks for uh, fans like us, and I can say us because you know the recent uh, recent Patriots obviously fit that uh, same kind of struggling mold that the Giants usually do. Yeah, I have to. I have to say, you know, I, I brought up. Uh, your bet the last time on the show, and you're looking pretty comfy right now, Robbie. Looking pretty comfy. Looks like you have a dinner coming your way. I I was very comfortable in my bet. I'm I'm pretty safe right now. I mean, what, what Patriots need to win three straight, right? And the Giants would need to lose uh, all three because of the uh, the tiebreaker, right? That the uh, the Giants and Patriots have. So yeah, I would win if they if their records tied there. So. I'm in a good position, but unfortunately, the Giants have, you know, the Rams and, you know, two games against the Eagles left. Right. And Patriots, like you said uh, earlier in the show, have a pretty, you know, competitive schedule. I mean, you got, you already beat the Bills once, and you got the Jets that are falling apart. And uh, uh, who do you have next week? Next or, week, uh, n- next week we game? next week we have the Broncos. And or the Broncos, yep. another. Another pretty winnable game, but the Broncos are, are playing good as well. So, yeah, I'd say I'm sitting in a pretty good position. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And it's interesting because, you know, I think the Giants and the Patriots both have kind of a tough stretch here to the end. You know, however, I'll say this. You might be able to steal one of those games from the Eagles. You might be able to. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree, and I, I also agree about tonight with the uh, with the Seahawks. I think this is a very, uh, very uh, you know game they could definitely cover the spread, whereas you know three and a half or four. I think that's definitely something they could they could take on and, and potentially beat the Eagles. But I was hoping for you know the Eagles maybe to lock up the the one seed in the NFC, so maybe they'd rest Jalen Hurts and some of their guys. But doesn't look like that's uh, well. Cowboys did lose, so. Right. I don't know. It's, it's close, but I think the Niners won. So it all comes down to kind of tonight whether it'll be it'll be a conversation. But I, I I do believe Giants may be able to to steal one of those games. So hopefully, or if you know Patriots just lose one, uh, it'll still be good right. for me. So you know what's you know what's funny too is this year is such a competitive competitive year around the NFL. You know, aside from unfortunately, you know, take your team out of it and and my team and the Patriots out of it. And, you know, there, there's basically three teams in the NFL right now that can't make the playoffs. Aside from that, every other team is in the playoffs, is in contention to make the playoffs. It's a great year. Nobody's like, nobody's really running away with it. I mean, yeah, you have the Eagles at 10-3, and three, but like I said, I think they're going to lose tonight. I think they're going to go to 10-4. and four. 
The Cowboys lost, so now they're 10-4. and four. So, you know, I, you have some of these teams kind of dropping off. Yeah. No, absolutely. And like you said, so competitive this year. You know, you see the playoff picture for, you know, both conferences and, the you know, tons of people in the hunt. It's going to make it for a terrific last few weeks. Uh, you know, Scott Hansen, the red zone is great with uh, putting together all the scenarios. Who needs to win? Who needs to lose? Who will get in? Who won't? So it, it's going to be uh, definitely an interesting last few weeks. Uh, and like you said, besides a few of those teams, there's a lot of competition. And, you know, anything anything can happen. You know, we, we thought the boys would, you know, were pretty solid. You know, it turns out they're a little bit shaky when they face real competition. At the end of the day, I only think, you know, one of their wins is against, uh, you know, a team with a winning record. So, you know, you just – you never know. A- any given Sunday. All right. There you go, Robbie. Anything else? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that just about uh, just about wraps it up. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Happy happy holidays to you. It was uh, it's been great having you on the uh, on the shows the last last few weeks. Catching the end of twenty twenty three, wrapping it up on a good year, and uh, I hope to hear from you in twenty twenty four. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I gotta uh, you know I know I'm in enemy territory here, so. Gotta gotta make my voice heard. We like it. We represent. not we like it. We like en- enemy territory. We like it. Gives it, you know, it knocks us Patriots fans into shape. You know. Yeah, I agree. Hey, this is a you're gonna hopefully these next few years. I mean, hopefully Belichick's gone, but you know, <laughs> you're gonna get a, maybe a taste of uh, the medicine that I'm usually taking. So. All right, Robbie. Thank you, my man. All right. All right. There's uh, Robbie from Connecticut for you, and let's go to Billy O from Haverhill. Billy O. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Love the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. What do you got for me? You're a big... Thank you so much for your time, but... You're a big You're a big Bruins guy. Back. Talk to me about the Bruins. You want to go right into the Bruins? Right into the Bruins, Billy-O. Talk to me. Bees are looking good. The only problem they're having is going the full 60 minutes. I think everybody's seeing it. Yeah, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like when they go the, you know, you're right. Going the full 60 minutes, they're having a problem doing, and when they have that like, you know, one point lead, it then goes into overtime and they're I think I don't know what their record is, but I think they're losing those games, right? Well, if they're not losing them in the uh, OT, they get them into the shootout. We've been doing good in the shootout. Right. Just to recap the other night against the Islanders. What a shot Pashanak had to win the game. Yeah, yes, I saw and, that, yeah. And they didn't make it to the, to the shootout uh, against the Rangers, but they were right. tired. They got a day trial. They have a, they've had a tough schedule, I think. They have. You know, something I talked about a few weeks ago is that they, they had a nice home stretch. And let me just scroll back a little bit here. Um, they had a nice home stretch from, like, December 3rd all the way to December 13th. So they, so, uh, in fact, yeah, so December 3rd was their first home game kind of back. You know, they were in Toronto the night, the night before, and then they came home to play the Blue Jackets on December 3rd. And then their next, you know, then they had two more home games. They had a home game on Thursday, December 7th. So then you go from 
you know, you go from uh, Monday to Thursday, so you get a few days off there, maybe even Sunday, I think Sunday to Thursday. So you get a few days off there, and now, I, I know they're not days off, it's just, you know, but not not games, you know, so it's good, you're home, get to spend time with your family, and then, so you go Thursday to Saturday, and then they didn't play again until Wednesday, and that was away in New Jersey. So they had some good quality time there, here at home, spent time with the family, kind of rest up, get healthy, kind of recalibrate. And uh, I thought that was I thought that was good for them because you know J- Judge Surratt said on one of the broadcasts that the Bruins haven't really been able to like it doesn't seem like they've had a good homestand yet it's always been you know kind of one game at home and then two three games away or two games at home and you know three four games away they haven't really had a good solid homestand so you know you're right they might be they might be tired here you know with some some away games and. You know, it, unfortunately, they're heading into that because they play their last game at home tomorrow against uh, the Wild, and then they go away to play the Jets on Friday, the Wild again on Saturday, the Sabres next Wednesday. They'll probably come home between the Saturday and Wednesday game, but they're not, they're just not home a lot coming up. True, true. The back to backs on the road, killing them, maybe. Well, the other thing I wanted to tell you if you caught the uh, some of the game, all the old timers there. That's right. That was nice. With uh, Ray Bork, they were helping out Norm Levier. It was incredible. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was nice. That was a nice, uh, nice touch. And since you've been going out on a limb, I've been listening to the show. All right. I'm going out on a limb, and I think it's kind of early, but I'm sticking with it. All right. Bees are going all the way, no matter what. All right. And Ben uh, Fredericks is getting the seventh player award. Wow. Kids picking it up. All right. All right, Billy O. I'm definitely going out on a limb. I love it. I love it. That's two straight weeks I have had somebody come out on a limb and and have these big predictions. I like it. I like it, Billy O. Thank you. All right. Well, I, I'm enjoying the show. I'll let the next callers in. I'm enjoying it. Have a great night. And Merry Christmas to everybody. All right. Thank you, Billy O. Happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year to you, too, and everybody else who listens to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. Uh, a few minutes left here on the show. Can try and squeeze in a few more calls. 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. So, all right. So, we have Billy O going out on a limb here. He says the Bruins... To win it all, to win the Stanley Cup, and for Trent Frederick to be the seventh, to get the seventh man award. Now, if you remember, last year, I mean, I'm sorry, last year, last week, Mo from the Cape went out on a, on a similar limb, and he said it'll be a 49ers versus Ravens Super Bowl. The 49ers will win the Super Bowl, and Christian McCaffrey will win the MVP. So there you go. Two straight weeks with somebody coming out, going out on a limb, and, you know, just going out there, putting some picks out there. I like it. For all you betters, responsible betters, you can, you know, go put those bets in. Not a bad idea. Get a, You know, make a few bucks, right? We can all... Can all have an extra few bucks, especially around the holidays. 
So anyways, uh, as we go into this, uh, go into the final uh, few moments here of the show, uh, obviously just want to wrap up uh, this year in total here. So the, the Patriots, they'll play the Broncos on Christmas Eve. They'll play the Bills uh, on New Year's Eve. And then they'll play the Jets um, on January 7th. And so unfortunately, I won't be back until January 8th. So, you know, unfortunately, Christmas and New Year's both fall on Monday. So that wipes me out for two weeks. I know that breaks all your hearts. I don't know what you're going to do from five to six on on, uh, these next two Mondays. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go to Bill from the car. Bill, what's going on? Harrison. How you doing? Enjoying the show here. So it sounds like your uh, stance on Belichick is softening over the last uh, three or four weeks here. You're thinking that uh, he should get another opportunity to come back? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He deserves it. I mean, he, you know, think think of everything that he has brought brought in here to New England, whether you think it was all Brady, whether you think whatever. Um, he's brought in a lot to New England. He, you know, he's brought in six Super Bowls, nine Super Bowl appearances between 2001 and 2018. And, you know, this year you can you can blame him for this year can blame him for the last three years, you know, but look at look at this year's defense. This year's defense is very good, and that is Bill Belichick's specialty, is defense. His specialty is an offense, and over the past three years, there's been three different offensive coordinators, and so, you know, at the end of the day, does it come down to Bill? Yes, but you know what? Bill has brought in New England six Super Bowl bowls, nine Super Bowl appearances in a short amount of time, short period of time. I mean, I, somebody, I'm 23 years old. I was born in 2000. I, I don't know anything but winning for, for the Patriots. And so this time period yeah. is very hard for somebody like me because I don't know what it's like. So Well, if you, if, if you look at their record, right, they're not – I, I think I don't think they're as far away to making the playoffs next year as one may look at their record and say, you know, it's been a, a real bad season. If you just go back to the Eagles game, right? They lost they lost by five to the Eagles, right? They were right in that one. Yep. The Dolphins game they lost by a touchdown. Um, they beat the Jets. The Cowboys and the Saints games back to back was the low point of the season. We got blown out in both, right? The Raiders beat us by four. Um, you know, we were we were right in the other Dolphins game. The Commanders, they we lost by three. The Colts, we lost by four. The Giants, we lost by three. We lost by six to the Chargers. So, I mean, even even on Sunday, we were competitive. So, I think I don't think we're as far away as everybody might think. Um, you know. He's done a great job of the defense this year. There's no doubt about it. We just need to. I don't think Zappy's the answer. Do you? No, I don't. But I'm not like, you know, like I said before the show. You know, during the show is, you know, Zappy has been great in the first half. It's just that second half that you know he hasn't been able to produce. And so, you know, if the Patriots are able to fix that, if if an offensive coordinator is able to fix that you know, fix that transition, you know, maybe it is 
you know, at halftime, and, and I keep bringing this up about the script, about a team having a script going into a game. And once Bailey Zappi gets off script, he doesn't do as good. And so maybe something he has to work on from this year to next year is going off script and adapting from the first half to the second half and making those corrections at halftime. So, you know, no, Bailey Zappi isn't the answer. No, Mac Jones isn't the answer. But, you know, I'm not going to say I wouldn't have Bailey Zappi as a backup quarterback. I also don't want to go into the draft and get a quarterback because, honestly, then we're just rewinding three years. We got Mac Jones in the in, in the uh, in the draft, and look and look what that did to us. So I, you know, I really think the Patriots need to take somebody out of the, um, you know, out of the NFL. They have to get somebody from the NFL, and maybe it's somebody who can teach Bailey Zappi, who can teach Mac Jones, because. Let's face it, Mac Jones didn't even have a veteran quarterback. Yeah, I know Brian Hoyer was on the on the team, but he's not. Yeah, he's a veteran quarterback, but he's not somebody you want to learn from. You know, he, he he's been a backup quarterback his whole life. You know, like don't yeah. learn from Brian Hoyer. Give me a break. You know, like you know, have him back up to Tom Brady or you know somebody like you know Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. You know, like but Brian Hoyer. Give me a break. Come on. Yeah, well, you know, Tom Brady and Rodgers and Mahomes, those guys, there's not a lot of, a lot of those guys around. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we need a veteran back there. Like I'm, You mentioned Jimmy G. I, I'm all in on Jimmy G. I'm all in on him. I think he could do a – I think he could do the job we want him to do here. And especially because – I feel like Josh McDaniels will end up coming back to New England next year. And I think Belichick will be back as well. Um, I'd be shocked if Kraft let him go because you know how the NFL is like one year, you know, you're in last place. The, the, the next year you're, you know, you're in the playoffs and, you know, you fighting to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, look at the Browns this year. Yeah. You know, and they, and they, they lost their number one quarterback uh Deshaun Watson so you know they got the defense the defense is the most important thing and, and you know look at what the Cowboys did yesterday you know they, they they can't win on the road you know at times they look like a dominant Super Bowl team and then they go on the road you know the Patriots never I can't remember the Patriots ever doing that in their heyday going on the road and, and laying duds like that um very seldom did you see that. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting playoffs. I think I agree with Mo from the Cape. I, I'm going all in on San Fran to be the Super Bowl champs. Um, but that's it. Is this your last show of 2023, Harrison? Last show of 2023, Bill. All right. Let's get it, let's get it going for 2024. That's right. Let's do more in 24. There you go. There you go. All right, Bill from the car uh, for you. Wrapping up our 2023 year of the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. As always, I'd like to thank all my listeners, all my callers, everybody who supports me day in and day out. This show would not be what it is without you. It has been a great year with all of you, and I look forward to another year of 2024 right here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase.
on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. Happy holidays, everybody, and I'll talk to you next year on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. You've been listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, Mondays at 5, only on Methuen Community Studios.